0: Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of the Starkville Daily News, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Everyone needs a little bit of thunder and lightning, gentlemen. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman. Woo! Merry Christmas to everybody. This is our Christmas Day broadcast. We hope you guys have got everything under the tree that Santa was good to you, that you were more nice than naughty. You didn't get that lump of coal in your in your stocking. I wonder what Elijah Moore got. You think he got like, like some training uh, breeches or something? Yeah. Some of those pull-ups for, so. for adults. Or maybe just a hydrant so he wouldn't <laughs> go just out in the middle of God and everybody, you
1: know. I hear you. Being so. a little more private with your hiking.
0: <laughs> so again, Merry Christmas to you guys. Out there, appreciate everybody tuning in at supertalk.fm or wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate our listeners, especially the servicemen and women out there taking care of us. Hopefully, some of you guys made it home. Those of you who are still out there across the world taking care of us, Merry Christmas! And guys, have a great, as good a holiday as you possibly can. I'd say, you know, go check out our sponsors, but I'm pretty sure they're both closed today, but that's okay. But when they come back and they're open, you can always go to Strange Brew Coffee House and churn and spoon ice cream. They keep the Christmas cheer going all year round, they take care of you. When you're in there, they love to see you when you come to, to, through their doorstep. So go see them and go see our friends over at College Corner, collegecornerstore.com, or either one of their two locations in the Jackson area. And they're in Ridgeland over by Fleet Feet or by uh, the Half Shell in Flowwood. You know, probably some great after Christmas sales going on there, if I had to guess. So you can get some of that, some good merchandise for the Music City Bowl if you're making the trip up to Nashville at a great price right now. No real sports to talk about today. Obviously, it's Christmas Day. By the way, just we're a little behind the little behind the music, little inside baseball here. We are recording this before you know Tuesday night, Christmas Eve. I I wasn't going to plan to spend with Joel. Love Joel. Don't get me wrong, but you know, love my family a little bit more. Yeah, I think Joel feels the same. I thought we were family. <laughs> just goes to show what I. This is why I never do things like this. Yeah. <laughs> just 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 you find stop out it. you find out where you really stand when the holidays come, folks. Yes, yes Joel, you are behind my wife and children. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Next, I'm just going to bust up in your house on your anniversary one day. Hey, let's go. Let's go party. Let's see how it goes. Uh, so hopefully, you know, what I'm trying to say is hopefully nothing has happened. Nothing happened Christmas Eve that was worth reporting on because we look a little silly. But uh, we're going to do a little special thing today. You know, the, the decade is wrapping up. You don't really ever think about that. You know, there was so much focus on, uh, like, when it turned to 2000 from 1999. And then 2010 came, and it never really occurred to me that I just lived another decade. But now, people for whatever reason, I've been seeing this stuff. So we're we're going to look back at this decade of maroon and white. We have got now. Joel's been doing his column all week of uh, the top uh, moments of the decade. So I'm going to let him have that, and we will do the, the teams of the decade as we said on our Monday podcast. No women's basketball because that's just too darn easy to do. But we've got a football team, a men's basketball team, and a baseball team. I feel really good about it. Now these are these are straight starting lineups. We're not doing any, you know. I'm, I'm not. This is not going to be like the all SEC team where we have ten guys at one position, especially for basketball. We got five guys at basketball. We got twenty-two. Well, we have twenty-five for football. We've got a offense, defense, kicker, punter, and a a returner. And then we've got a starting nine for baseball plus a reliever and a DH. Fair enough. Fair enough to me. I like your rules. I want. I want. I'm gonna let you pick my Christmas gift to you. You can pick which team we start with.
1: Ah! Uh, let's just go ahead and start with football. Why not? All right, not? then. Why not?
0: Well, I tell you, it was such a tough choice right here at the top for us. <laughs> Joel and I agonized over the starting quarterback. So many options. And despite Joel's pleas for Damian Williams... It was Tyson Lee. We love you, Tyson. Welcome aboard. It couldn't be Tyson Lee. That's right. did that was play a, in this decade. That's right. He no. ended up it's, it's Dak Prescott, the, the the easiest selection. If we had done a women's team, the the three there would have been four selections that you wrote down before you did anything else. For football, Dak. For women's basketball, Vivian's and McCowan, and for baseball, Mangum. Everybody else, you would have debated, but Dak and Dak would have been the first. Dakson and Sharpie. And I think for men's basketball, Q has to be on the team of the decade. You like, c- no you doubt, could like, I, without question. Without question, may I would say yes, but. I could somehow probably make an argument that he wasn't. You could. It's like ninety nine point nine percent. It's one hundred for Dak. Yeah, it's one hundred point one to be honest with you. Agree. For me, I mean, just no question. The greatest football player in Mississippi State football history. You know, if you lived in the Dak Prescott area, era, you saw, or in the area for that matter, (laughs) uh, you saw the greatest player at the school's history. You think about like. Ole Miss fans, right? To me, Archie Manning is their greatest player. I know people are going to talk about his stats, but it's just a different game back then. Um, but a lot of their fans who are alive today didn't see Archie Manning play. Um, we got to see Dak Prescott play, you know, live and in person, and he did things that were incredible. He took the team to heights that had never been before, and uh, now he continues to, to do well. As we're recording this, you know, I don't know if they're going to win that game yet. Uh, I think it's 10-6 Eagles. that give you an idea of when we're recording, but I mean, he's he he is the the face not only of MSU football but of MSU. Oh yeah, he is he is he is the face of Mississippi State University.
1: No, no doubt, and probably will forever be. <laughs> I mean, it's not going to shock anybody if there's a statue outside Davis Way to him pointing to the heavens or whatever. You know, he's already Do you think now, that's
0: going to happen. Yeah. He, he's
1: already now uh, on the wall at the Seal Complex. As soon as you walk in the doors, pointing to the heavens. Uh, yeah, he, he and Fletcher Cox are now enshrined there for at least a little while Mm -hmm. Uh, you know i guess you can always paint over walls but um yeah he he is the i guess most well-known msu alum period at this point (laughs) maybe in history (laughs) maybe in history
0: um you know
1: there's nothing else you can say i mean he he is the man of of any sport you want to make the mount rushmore he's the top guy um not, not a whole lot more to say about
0: it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, here's the the thing with the next position, running back. We're only going to go one, one running back. I'm going to give you 5,000-yard rushers to pick from. Vic Ballard, Ladarius Perkins, Josh Robinson, Aris Williams, Kylan Hill. Who would you pick?
1: <sighs> you know... It probably has to do with the fact of the team that he was on, but Robinson stands out to me. Really? And I, don't, I know that's probably not who you pick, but to me, and you'll see this maybe as we go through this today, to me it's almost more so the teams you were on and and how you contributed, even if it's in a short span,
0: mm-hmm.
1: more so than just the... the the longevity of it, yeah, and so well, nobody had a four year
0: run, yeah. You know?
1: So, so Josh Robinson for, for what he did during that fourteen season kind of stands out
0: to me, maybe mm-hmm. above the others. But I, I, that's just... not the guy I thought you would yeah. pick. To be t- in fact, I thought that would be the last guy you picked. So I'm, I'm interested by that pick, but that's not who I'm going with here. I went with Vic Ballard. Um, to me, it came down between Ballard and Kylen Hill, and at the end of the day, in two years, they both had two years as a starter. Ballard rushed for more yards and more touchdowns. You know, Ballard rushed uh for uh twenty one hundred yards and Kylan sitting just shy of two thousand, I believe. And of course Ballard had that crazy season as a junior where he rushed for nineteen touchdowns. Uh, he scored he scored thirty one touchdowns total for Mississippi State. Um, I had a little bit of a man crush on Vic Ballard. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I I yeah. just loved watching him play. I thought he was really, really good. Um because he could do a little bit of everything. He'd catch the ball. Um he was tough. I, I really liked it. I I, I just think that he, would, I feel like he was almost underrated to to a certain extent. Um, Hill would have been right there, you know. With Robinson and Perkins, they both had just one good year. You know, same with Ares Williams, he really only had one good year. Yeah, um,
1: and, and I think that's why in my mind, when I think back to this decade, I know that, that Ballard's numbers and, and, and such were, were greater than what Robinson contributed, but. Uh, when Robinson was contributing when he did mm-hmm. was when Mississippi State was at its peak. True. At its highest point. And True. it was – it was. I mean, he, he was feature storied on game day and all that whole nine yards, you yeah. know, with, with, with J-Rob. So it, I, I get what you're saying, and you're not wrong, absolutely. But it's just kind of one of those deals where I, I feel like that kind of you have to look at the stage too. And so yeah. I, when I think back to the decade, I think that – and it's ever so slightly – um, Robinson will, will, in my mind, be just a little bit higher than Ballard just because of when he did what he did.
0: Okay. I just, for and me, I'm not disagreeing. I'll tell you me. this, though. I think it could have easily been Ares Williams. Because if, if he had been the feature back in 16, which he should have been, should never have been Holloway or Shumpert, then he would have had two monster years. Yeah. And then, you know, at that point, it might have been difficult for Joe Moorhead to sort of get away from him and give it to Kylan Hill. I mean, if he's coming off back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons, he's the guy. Yeah, you know, so – and then Kyle Hill's really really close. You know, I mean his this is probably going to end up being the best year by running back in Mississippi State history. You know, he's going to he's going to break Bobby Dixon's record in all likelihood. Uh he'll probably end up he's got 13 touch. He's got 10 touchdowns I believe. He'll finish around 12 probably. I am going to give him a couple scores in the in the Music City Bowl. So, yeah, it's really close. But for for me, I think Ballard is the right answer. We got three receivers. This was pretty easy at the end of the day. I'm sure you can guess him.
1: Uh, let's see if I can. Uh, Fred Ross. Yeah. Um, Bumpus. Yep. And, uh...
0: I can't believe he, it. I thought he was the guy you said first.
1: I'm just wondering if there's any mind games here. Anybody? I'm forgetting. Let's see. There's no mind games. Deronie, wow. Wilson. Okay, yeah. I just uh, that, that was who, who else was would my, I've gone? Well, to? Nobody, but I'm just uh, you don't <laughs> understand that when I think back <laughs> over the course of the decade, I kind of towards the beginning, especially like, is there anybody I'm forgetting? Is there anybody I'm forgetting? Nah, As nah, I'm putting together this list of the, games and the, stuff, the, the, that the first I'm doing three online, years of the like,
0: decade, all you got is Bumpus. Really, that's true. Um, and then, so uh, anyway, just want to make sure. Yeah, Deronie Wilson and Fred Ross, State's maybe the best wide receiver duo State ever had. You know, I mean, they've had better receivers individually, but together, you know, who who was better than them? Um, Ross, of course, you know, owns a ton of records. As does Bumpus. As they, they all have different records. And they all, you know, and they were all different receivers. I think if this was like a real team, Bumpus is great in the slot there. Ross is your possession receiver, and and Wilson is the guy. Well, or maybe it's the other way around. Wilson could be the possession guy, and Ross can take the top off and go go deep occasionally. I mean, I'll tell you right now. That would, <laughs> state would love to have those three guys and at their peak. They, yeah. that, that, that's a good group. For me. especially you think about Mississippi State and you know obviously they're not going to have the same three receivers at Bam or Ellis or even Ole Miss had for an All Decade team. But that's a good group right there. Yeah. So I thought tight end was pretty easy too with Malcolm Johnson mm-hmm. and just you know no offense to my best friend Farad Green or, or anybody else that's played the position, but from a, a statistical standpoint, Malcolm Johnson sort really stands alone. Here's the last guy I thought State sort of featured at the tight end position.
1: Yeah, I uh, I don't I'm kind of like you. I don't know that there's anybody else that you can really make a convincing argument right. other than
0: him. Uh, I had to do a little creative license on the offensive line.
1: Well, that's fair. There's so much shifting that happens along yeah. the offensive line. So basically,
0: but... I played a guy from left tackle to right tackle. But my my going uh, across left tackle to right tackle, Derek Sherrod, Gabe Jackson, Dylan Day, Ben Beckwith, Martinez Rankin. I feel like yeah. I feel like uh, I'm. I'm, and it's really close with Day over Jenkins. And Jenkins actually had a little bit better career, but I think you know Dylan Day was a three year starter, and and Jenkins played so many different positions. I was gonna
1: Say you might could uh, put I, uh, Jenkins over Beck with
0: maybe. I don't know. Uh, you know what? You're right. You, yeah, you're correct. That's the correct call. Eldon Jenkins needs to be on this team. So take take Beck without. Do I want to take a Beck without or, or Dylan Day? Maybe it's just
1: the long hair and the the rock star look of Dylan Day, but I I just I have him slightly above in my head over Beckwith.
0: And he started more games. So okay, so Day at the uh, center and then at right guard Elton Jenkins. So Derek Sherrod, Gabe Jackson. That's a hell of a left side. Dak's not worried about his about the backside coming to get him. Dylan Day, Elton Jenkins, Martinez Rankin, with. Ben Beckwith and Deion Calhoun would be our honorable mentions. I think. anybody else for honorable mention? Nobody's really standing out there.
1: Ah, uh, O line. You know, it's those guys you kind of forget about, O-line like a Charles bit.
0: Sidaway or Justin Malone. No, nah, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. Where we got? That's that. So that's our so our offense from top to bottom: Dak, Vic Ballard, Darius Wilson, Chad Bumpus, Fred Ross, Malcolm Johnson, Derek Sherrod, Gabe Jackson, Dylan Day, Elton Jenkins. Martinez Rankin, that's a good team. Yeah, that's a darn good team. That's a honestly, that's as good offensively an SEC team as a lot of other teams are going. to A lot of teams are going to be better on the O line and maybe better at receiver. But I mean, top to bottom, that's I mean, there's no stinker in there. No, you know. All right, defensively, I had to make a a harsh cut on the defensive line. Oh you just, gosh, you just don't have any choice. You don't. Um, I went for my two ends. And I, I, I decided I didn't want to play somebody who's a tackle at of in. Like I had two ends. But I went Pernell McPhee and Montez Sweat. And I just don't see how we can, you can argue that. For me, those are the two guys. I mean, is anybody else even close? You know, Danico Autry, no. Um, I'm trying to think. <sighs> like the 14th. Preston Smith. Preston Smith's probably the only. Yeah, you can make a case. I, I would pray Preston Smith maybe over McPhee, but not, I don't think so. If I was going to make
1: a move, that might be it.
0: The, McPhee had two good years. Did Preston, was Preston Smith really good as a junior? I'm trying to remember. His senior year, he was fantastic. Yeah,
1: he had the uh, he had the big Liberty Bowl too. Preston did, right? Did he? Okay. Then he was like a defensive player, of the
0: like MVP or okay. whatever.
1: Um, I think I you know I, I think I'm gonna go. I think I, he had like a kid that day
0: too. Like he had oh, wow. like a kid. I don't remember all that. <coughs> I think I, I feel good. Sweats for sure. I'm gonna go McPhee over Preston Smith. I'm I'm good with that. All right, and then this is where it was difficult because you got three guys for two spots. Simmons has to be one. Simmons and Fletcher Cox are who I went with. I had to take fine. I took Chris Jones out. And, and you
1: know it. You're picking nits here, but Chris Jones always had the the motor question at Mississippi yeah. State. Like he would take a player two off kind of thing. Uh, I don't think he has that problem anymore. No, at all. But there were particularly early on in his state career there were motor questions at times.
0: I had I also had a a one of the very few rules I had put in this team together is if I if I've seen your junk, you were out. <laughs> so Chris Jones is out. Now I mean Simmons and Fletcher Cox are they're both all Americans. That's the other thing too, those guys were all Americans, and I don't think Chris Jones was an all American. He was all sec but not all American. Three linebackers were going four three. Bernard McKinney, mm-hmm. Chris White, Beniquez Brown. That's where I went. Mm-hmm. it's tough to I feel like K.J. Wright K.J. Wright was probably the next guy but Benico Brown you got what th- two good years out of and you only got one year in the decade out of K.J. you know because he, he, he was gone Cam Lawrence might have been the, the next guy up but not over those three guys and Chris White only got one year out of him in the decade but he won the Connerly Trophy I'm, I'm going yeah. to put him on the list yeah, I mean, you could you could do some shifting there if
1: you wanted to squeeze KJ in. But it, it's tough to disagree with that. Um, they, they, like I said, there's some other things you could do, but I, I like yours.
0: Okay. And then in the secondary, pretty easy at the corners, I felt, with Banks and Slay. And then uh, Nico Whitley. And I went Jonathan Abrams. So I feel like Charles Mitchell might be the guy I'm leaving out there. But Nico Whitley... And we're going to have this discussion a little bit more in baseball, but he has a moment that you can't forget, and that's stripping Bo Wallace. Yeah. And then when you find out he played the whole year on a torn ACL, he belongs on this team.
1: Yeah, and he also uh, peed in the hedges at Georgia, right? When that Nico—that was
0: not simulation, though. Yeah, that was that's what actual, I'm saying. Like he showed showed how you're supposed showed
1: to do it. actual urination. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's tough to you know forget that.
0: Yeah. And then yeah, Jonathan Abrams. Dominant player, first round pick. No, no S on on Abrams, by the way. Did, did I say Abrams? Yeah. I got Star Wars on the brain. <laughs> uh, yeah, is Jonathan? What's his middle name? If it's John or Joseph, I'm going to be uh, upset. Uh, yeah, John Abram. Uh I mean, I, I feel like that's just a no brainer for me. Yeah. Uh, see it, it, it. Who'd you have? Corner Slay and Slay Banks. Uh-huh. I mean, the Thorpe Award winner is getting on there. Yeah. And then uh slay I mean slay was better than Broomfield, better than Will Redman. Bill Redman. Uh, you know, better than uh than Cam Ansler. Yeah. yeah. It's it's so funny seeing those two in college when they were they were paired up with each other and you didn't think that you, if you had said, "Hey, one of these guys is going to become the best corner in the pros." Yeah, I don't think a whole lot of people would have picked slay. But that's what he's done. So. Yeah. And then for our specialists, Jace Christman was my kicker. And I just I feel like you know he's been the most consistent guy. Sobius might have been number two if he had mm-hmm. stayed. Might have won if he had stayed. Logan Cook is the punter, and then for my return guy, we we'll go back to the running back position. I think Ladarius Perkins is, is yeah, the guy. Yeah, that's there. it. That's who. It, it was either gonna be him or on Lewis, and I went with Perkins over him. It's not gonna be Smokey Graham. No, no, it's not. So that's that's that's, that's my team. What do you think? Yeah, I I, I think Preston Smith's probably the the biggest. Chris Jones is the biggest snub, but I mean, I feel confident in those two guys. The one I have the most question about is Preston Smith. I think.
1: Yeah, and I mean, there's some other the, guys. The running
0: back position, but, the running
1: backs, and uh, I mean, it, it feels weird leaving KJ right off. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I don't know that there's any other just
0: humongous snubs though. Yeah, there's just there, a lot. there's a lot of obvious guys. The receivers are all obvious. Quarterback obvious. I think three of the linemen were obvious. Um, Defensively, I mean, yeah, you just had some obvious guys, and then it's just – that's the thing when you do these kind of teams. Nobody's ever going to be completely happy. No. All right. Men's basketball. Maybe the most controversial team we're going to pick here. I had to also take a little creative license because I thought one position was a little weak, so I'm just moving some guys around. My point guard, I went with D-Bossed. Mhm. I just we're 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 lockstep on that. I don't I don't see how he's not the choice there. You know he, he had the best the best career of anybody there uh, in the past decade. Uh, at the two is where I went with Q, with Q, with Derry Weatherspoon. I thought you know
1: four really good years of production that had they come on teams that were worth a darn and really only one of, Well, only one of them got to the NCAA tournament. You know, Q will forever just be haunted by the fact that. Yeah. He's kind of like Dale Murphy with the Braves back what in the day. what a great example. He was really good, but the team just wasn't. Right, that's, that's <laughs> completely fair.
0: Yeah, if he had played on good teams, he would have been a, a complete superstar. And as he is, he's one of the most unknown players. Yeah,
1: and, and he's not one that would, you know, look at me, look at my – He didn't know, seek it, the spotlight. Yeah, yeah. So, so you weren't going to – yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, at the three is where I put a guy who mainly played at the two, but I think he could be okay out there, and that's Craig Sward. I thought that Sword Sword was a really good player. I think that he was asked to do a lot of things he wasn't capable of doing. He was not a great shooter. But as far as a slasher, getting the bucket, and a good defender, he was good enough. Um, at the four, I went with Gavin Ware. You're looking at me. You don't like that? It's just – it's so weird that we've got two Rick Ray guys on this. We do, but, I mean, they, they they were four-year starters. They piled up big numbers. You know, they didn't win a ton of games, but – this is what it is. I mean, who who else could go there? Perry is the only other really good choice.
1: Mm, he was an All SEC freshman, and we'll see what he does this year. Well, I guess this day, year's over for this decade. Though, right? Yeah. So, he's a, he's All SEC freshman in a half a year. Gavin Ware was first team All SEC. Yeah.
0: It, it's got to be Gavin Ware. Okay. For me, and then the center was easy. Was Jarvis Fernando. Yeah. Yeah. I thought about going Moultrie, but really just one—not even a full year. I mean, he—he he, like everybody else sort of switched off in February that year. But from a talent perspective, he's the only first-round draft choice you've had since Dante Jones. So was Jamont not here with uh, D at the beginning of the decade? Jamont's last year would have been two thousand and nine. Okay. Yeah, the, the 09-10 team was the boss. Stewart, and Barry Stewart should be on this team. Could have been on this team somewhere. I could have maybe gone Stewart at the 2 and Q at the 3. Would that be better? That would be better, wouldn't it? I think that's better. So we go Bost, Stewart, Barry Stewart, or Randy, as Jack Crystal might have called him, (laughs) Q at the 3, Gavin Ware and Jarvis Fernando. I like that, (laughs) better.
1: This isn't me hating on Gavin Ware, because I really like Gavin Ware. It just It feels the, weird. Pick pick his replacement. Yeah.
0: Tell me who you're you're gonna put there ahead of Gavin Ware.
1: I mean, you're right. I mean, Perry's really the only. Yeah, I mean, Perry's got you a year and a, and a half, for, right? and, and he's just he, Gavin had four years of production, and yeah. um, Perry
0: has a year and a half. G- Gavin Ware belongs on this team. Yeah, I'm 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 with you. All right, and now where Joel Coleman's gonna shine is our baseball team.
1: Maybe maybe he will. Maybe he
0: won't. So here's what: I, when we get the team, I want you to set the order. Okay, so I'm gonna give okay. you the we'll give you the team. Do my and then You'll set the order. I know
1: who the leadoff guy is,
0: and he's the first guy I'm going to mention is Jake <laughs> Mangum. <laughs> this was again one of the easiest selections. I mean, you know it's sort of funny. There was a uh, somebody put out like a team of the the All SEC team of the decade or whatever. Some some I don't know the Twitter account, and there are people just hating on Mangum like doesn't belong here, doesn't belong. And people are like he's the all time leading. Oh, it's only because he played four years. If these guys, they were a point of the other guys, and I don't remember the names, but a lot of the guys from Florida and South Carolina, like who had left early, like they would have broken those records if they had stayed. But it doesn't matter, you know. The record holder is the record holder. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, by the way, it's not like he hit two hundred and just had somebody, a ton of at bats in
1: the leadoff. I some, mean, he was hitting
0: some, around four hundred every year. Somebody <laughs> said that like he wasn't feared by opposing pitchers. I'm like, really? Let me tell you something. Go ask Mike Bianco about
1: yeah. about that. About <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> talk to him. Or not, you don't have to just ask him, but yeah. that's just the first one that comes to mind. Yeah.
0: So, B- Rico, right.
1: Bianco,
0: Bianco. But it, it doesn't him. matter what his name is. Uh, so Jay Mangum's on the list. The number 2 guy for me is Brent Rooker. Again, only one season. Yeah. Our, our role here on Thunder and Lightning is if you win a triple crown, You're on. we will find a way to get you on the team. He takes. had a good sophomore year. He was good. I mean, that team was so loaded though that he hit 7th. But his junior year is possibly the greatest season in Mississippi State history and really one of the greatest in college baseball history. Um, It's a fantastic season. Uh, At catcher,
1: I went with Dustin Skelton. I can make a case for, uh,
0: gosh. Kruger? Yes. I'm going, what? uh, And Skelton was really only good last year. You could talk me out of this. But Skelton was really good last season, especially defensively. Oh, he
1: was. There isn't a doubt.
0: I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna stick with Skelton. I think.
1: And and it goes back to a little bit to what I said a little bit with Josh Robinson on yeah. the football team is I kind of judge some of this based on when it's close. Yeah. Based on what your team did and things. That's two and, good teams. Shoot, yeah, and and you best believe that part of State being as good as they were was Dustin Skelton behind the dish and yeah. what he provided. He had a
0: monster so. season. I don't think people realize and, how good he Kruger, was. And Kruger,
1: as good as he was, that team lost in Super Regional. and didn't get to Omaha. Yeah. So. Uh,
0: and, and Skelton played a big role in them getting to Omaha this year. Uh, and played a big role last year, too. He had a good postseason last year. In, or two years ago, I should say. Adam Frazier is my shortstop. As he should be. I mean, that's just no question on that one. Uh, and then Brett Pirtle is my second baseman. I think that's a pretty easy call, Foskey. If Foskey had had two years like he had last year, I might have gone with Foskey. But yeah. Pirtle was fantastic. people that's, people sort of forget how good he that's was. That's completely fair, and he I'm I'm 100 with you. All right. Mother, uh, one of my other outfielders, I guess, it put him in right. And this was uh, Joel's decision, but I agree with it was to put Elijah McNamee on this team. I don't think you ever did uh, in left. I haven't done left. Yet. Okay. We'll get we'll get to him. Uh, I just guy who never played left. Yeah, a guy who never
1: played. Like, we just did We did three outfielders yeah. here, folks.
0: Uh, I feel like that guy, when we get to him, was talented enough, he'd have figured it out and left.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Um, he did play center some. Yes, over, he did. So. Uh, but no, with Mack, to me, it goes so much deeper than just the numbers. He had
0: four of the biggest hits in Mississippi State history.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, he, for what he did in the moments and the way he was sticking your – when you think of Mississippi State baseball in the 2010s, yeah. Elijah McNamee
0: is one of the – He's probably three, the second three, guy. Three or, you, yeah, second maybe the second, second
1: or third guy you think of. You can make of.
0: a case that from a an impact standpoint, he did more than Rooker. Because, I mean, Rooker for, – for, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you think of the moments that Matt came through in – Yeah. Um,
1: and, and, oh, by the way, his numbers wasn't terrible.
0: They were good. They were good. They are good enough to be on this team.
1: Yeah. So, so. – uh,
0: all right, so I got him so he's there. He's on there. I got our good friend Jared Parks at third base.
1: Third base for State in the 2010s was it's just It's not kind been of great. A, it's just kind of been a revolving door, and and you'll see this. I, I have a Q&A with Chris Lamonis coming out in Starford Daily News here in the next couple of days. It, it, it may once again be a revolving door in, in 2020 as we begin the new decade yeah. uh, to, to start with. So uh, it, it is a... <laughs> I mean, Parks had some had some. I'd have to go back and look at his numbers. I think you did, but Parks had some pretty good numbers. I'm trying to think who else kind of even stands out there. Uh,
0: you mentioned Gavin Collins.
1: Collins played some there. Uh, sweet swinging Maddie Britton. <laughs> 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 Sam Frost.
0: Uh, no. Nice. Oh, where's uh, Where's Logan?
1: But no, I mean, when you when you just think of the guys that played that spot, Alex Detz played it some. Yeah. Um.
0: Yeah, Westberg was there. <laughs> As a as a freshman,
1: yeah. Uh, I mean, if you wanted to, if you wanted to cheat, Foskey started last year over there. Yeah. Uh, Gilbert, of course, played it pretty well towards the end of last year. But I don't. Know. I, I I find it difficult to, to go against you there. Yeah. With, with with Park, so it's just tough to really nail down one guy and just say slam dunk, this is it. Yeah.
0: Um. And so you you could we'll go with we'll go with Jared. We'll go with him. All right, um, where am I here? Uh, first base. When Nate Lowe. Only one year, but what a year! What a what a great player he was. I thought he was maybe the most underrated guy on that team. Uh, you know, there was so much focus, obviously, on Mangum as a freshman, um, but Lowe was really the engine of that team to me. He was the guy that consistently drove in runs, basically every time he was at the plate. I mean, who else? Wes Ray. I was gonna say when, in twenty years, if I gotta pick one guy, I'm picking Low over Wes Ray.
1: If you're if you're telling me baseball player, yes, mm-hmm. but in twenty years, if you just told people to list me out some Mississippi State baseball players,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Wes Ray's gonna be on more lists than Nate. Lowe. I agree
0: with that, but for for excellence, I'm gonna go. Nate Lowe, was he had a better, his one year was better than any year of of Wes Ray.
1: Statistically, I 100% am yeah. with you. I, I put more emotion into these lists. Uh, you, than you do. do, you do. I, that, I went with emotion with J. Rob talking about the running backs earlier. I went with emotion on on McNamee, making sure. Oh, yeah, with him and for me emotionally, I just I cannot put anyone other than Westray at okay. first, just because of
0: Westray had when, two when of I, my favorite moments, and they both came in the same super regional. the 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 home run in Virginia, where he and, I mean, <laughs> that ball is still traveling and scooping, and then the scoop. Rob. Yeah, it was fantastic. But but
1: uh. It,
0: I don't know, man. It's just
1: it's tough to not have him.
0: I agree because he was sort of the face of the program for a couple of years there yeah. too. Yeah, so you know, big country boy. Everybody, you know, everybody knew him.
1: So for the people listening, I can't argue with you if you want Nate Low on the team. I just for me,
0: yeah, I'm, I'm, I
1: can't. I can't. Displace well, I've given you a right. couple
0: today. I'm gonna stick with Nate Low. Okay. Once. All right. Uh, the other outfielder was should have been a lot more obvious to Brian Haydad than it was. <laughs> Joel <laughs> Coleman had to berate him a little bit because he forgot him. But Hunter Renfro is obviously our dr- We'll put him in left. And uh, you know, man on third, sharply hit single. I don't think you're coming home, buddy. You're going to wait that one out. <laughs> Better hope the bases aren't loaded because you're getting hosed. One of my favorite, you rim- know,
1: it, in all honesty, if this team was put together, Mac would be in left and Renfro would be in right because, of, right. because of the arm.
0: Probably right. Uh, they played Ole Miss uh, his his uh, sophomore year, and. I forget who hit the ball, but they hit it sharply enough that Renfro catches it off of basically one bounce. And the guy rounds second, or guy rounds first, and I'm in the stands and I'm just like, "Are you an idiot?" And he went, and I mean, he was out by a good. He, he was still like halfway through his slide, and the ball was at the bag. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm looking at these Ole Miss fans are like, "What's that idiot doing?" They they knew, like, "What are you doing?" So. Really tough to pick a starting pitcher. You got three. Are you only four, picking one pitcher? One. Yeah, okay. One starting pitcher. A Lot of great options, but the last the, the guy who took the, the the mound last year is the the pick. Ethan. Ethan Small. Here's the thing: who had like two, three good years? Yeah, there's, well, there's not a guy right. There,
1: there's only three candidates here to me:
0: Hudson, Stratton, and and Small. Yes. You could make a case for Graveman. Uh, you could make a case for Ross Mitchell, but he's more of a reliever. His, mo- his most success was as a reliever. Mm-hmm. But Ethan Small just had one of the f- most incredible seasons in MSU history. Uh, I think he's. I think it sort of got lost in the shuffle of McNamee's big hits and Mangum and all, all the home runs that were hit last year, the, how good Ethan Small was last year. Yeah. Um, I, I I can't go against you. Yeah, Hudson. I would have gone if I had to rank them. If I was going like, this is my three man rotation. I'm gonna I do it in the order of who I think are the best guys. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Small Hudson Stratton. That's Stratton. My, Stratton's senior or his junior year was fantastic, but I think Small was just a little bit better. Maybe part of that is because Small had a better team around him. But you,
1: you give me any of those guys at, in their peak season,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm good with any of them. I agree. So, uh, but I do think that Ethan for the numbers that he put up, I mean, it was historic. Some of the stuff yeah. that he did. So yeah. I, I can't, yeah. I, I don't disagree with you at all on that one.
0: And then I thought the relief picture was really easy.
1: Oh, slam dunk. Yeah, Come for a long time. Yeah, Donovan Holder. All it's not slam
0: dunk. I could have said Lindgren. Holder. I, I agree. I agree. But if you said somebody said Lindgren, I wouldn't. I wouldn't argue too terribly. Honestly, I wouldn't argue too terribly much against Cole Gordon. For, you know, the last year and a few months that he had, completely dominant. Um, you know, Caleb Reed at the beginning of this decade was really good. Um, you know, when you think back to – Ross Lang- Mitchell could have been the guy. Paul
1: well, Like, Lingren, he didn't – in that 2013 College War Series year, he, but didn't do he anything. wasn't really doing much of
0: anything. He, well, after the, the LSU series, his- he he was just never himself. And they sort of – he just – he became part of the bench mob, but that was really all he was doing. But then in 14, he was unhittable. Basically, they figured out he needed to be a reliever.
1: I, I guess what I'm trying to say is a little bit is you could almost put Cole Gordon ahead of, uh, of Lingren. You could. Because Gordon was instrumental in two College War Series runs.
0: You know what game really stands out for me? For, there's two games that stand out for me for Holder. Both where he was used in long relief. That's the, in the regional against Louisiana. Uh, it was the San Diego State game. Or was it, it was Jackson State? Where they brought him in in like the third inning, and he pitched five innings or something like that. And then there was a game against Ole Miss where they did the same thing. I think they lost the first two games of the series, and they brought in Holder midway through the game, and he had to he had to go a long time. See, he could do that, but he could also come in and just give you you know three outs, and of course, he just he, he was the before Dak he was the face of MSU for the decade. Yeah, I
1: think. and that's why too. Again, I'm throwing my emotions in there. I think that this. I don't even think it's a discussion. Okay, it's, I mean it's I, just Holder. Period.
0: Yeah, it's so weird to see him now, like all because he's a Yankee, yeah. all clean shaven and. I mean, Jonathan Holder has long hair and that and that mustache coming out of the bullpen. And the, I always enjoyed the fact that they played God's Gonna Cut You Down louder than any other song. Like, the the re- the volume for anybody else's walkout song was not as high as it was for God's Gonna Cut You Down. Which, if we're going to be honest, is the best walkout song of anybody on this list. Oh, yeah. So.
1: Yeah. I, I can't wait till maybe Holder at some point in his career. Mm-hmm. Gets, uh, I'm trying to think. I don't, I, he, he, he looks more like a, his, their arch rival, but like a 2004 Red Sox or something. Oh, yeah. With his dirty a guys. Scruff yeah, and, yeah. I mean, that, that's where he, he's going to go somewhere, grow that's the why hair he's out. He's not again. as good. He's, he's yeah, like he's going to grow lost the hair the out again and, and he's just going to be dominant. Put the batting order together. <laughs> Mangum lead off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm big at hitting one of your best hitters, number two, and he hit number two, so I'm going to put Rooker in that two-hole. Really? Probably so. I
0: I like – because he hit two that year, remember? It's it's two-nothing. It's two-nothing right now.
1: Let's see. Who am I hitting third now?
0: Uh, I'm going around. This is an easy choice for me. Renfro? Oh, you want to go a power guy here? Okay. I'm trying to think. I'm still old school, though. Like, this is where the best hitter on the team goes. This is where Frazier would go for me. Gosh, man. I, I wish I had that. <laughs> and then I'm going to do power 4-5. I'm going to do Renfro and then probably low.
1: It, it, actually, I don't know, though. I don't like leading off with two lefties. I don't like going necessarily... I was gonna say I could adjust this a little bit and put Mangum and, and Frazier back to back at the top of the order. One of those guys are getting on, yeah, no doubt. They're getting on, and then putting uh, Rooker in the three hole, mm-hmm. uh, and then putting Renfro at cleanup. Yeah, I think I like that better. Okay, actually. okay. You, you get Frazier, you, 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm going that way. We're going Mangum, Frazier, three hole, Rooker, mm-hmm. four hole, Renfro, okay, five hole, Mac.
0: Okay.
1: I reserve the right to change this later. Yeah, sure. Uh, six hole. Oh, uh, Jared Parks on the team. Yeah. Parks, seven hole, West Ray.
0: So you have Ray over Nate Lowe? Nate Lowe's our first baseman.
1: Oh, I, 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 that's right. I, Ray was mine. Yeah. Lowe was your. So no. Back up. Okay. I'm actually gonna put low in the five hole. Yeah, hey, that's Mac. what I was wondering. Yeah, and then I'm gonna put Mac in the six hole.
0: Okay, and, and then,
1: Skelton in the seven hole.
0: Okay,
1: who do I got left? Purtle or somebody.
0: Purtle and uh, Parks. Parks, yeah.
1: Parks and eight. Purtle and
0: nine. Kind of. Purtle hit ninth is dangerous.
1: Just kind of give you a second you, secondary lead off. and you could also for me flip like Purtle. If, and, and and Frazier, if, because then Frazier kind of gives you that second leadoff hitter there. That's what I'm saying. Like
0: even with Purtle, Purtle can do that too. And you think if the inning starts nine one two, Rooker's coming to the ba- <laughs> coming up with the bases loaded. He's coming up to hit a grand slam. That's that's that is a terrifying lineup. I'll put that a lot up against anybody in in the country. I mean, I don't know who the all LSU all Florida teams are. I'll put them up against anybody.
1: I'm. The more I think about this, how uh, much talent did we leave off? By the way, oh.
0: Tone. Especially in, on the mound. I mean, because we only picked two. Oh, a ton. Um, <sighs> Purtle's a switch hitter, right? I believe he How was. How am I forgetting that? So was Mangum. I mean, yeah. So, you know, you can play the matchup games there. Yeah. That's a good lineup, though. I like it. I, I was going to say, yeah, I think
1: I like that. Purtle and nine hole. All right man, to me, that Mangum-Frazier 1-2, I mean, one of those guys are getting on. They're getting on. You can just take it to the bank. But, anyway, that's a good baseball team.
0: That's a good team. I'd like to watch that team play in Maroon and White, to be honest with you. All right. So we're off the rest of the week, and then we will be back with you on Monday to talk MSU uh, Louisville in the Music City Bowl. I don't know show. if we said it on
1: this show. We said it on our previous show that if you were, if you're wondering why there wasn't a women's Team,
0: yeah, we did say it, but yeah, did yes. we say it? Okay, but yeah, I, I mean, I'll say it again. I'm just taking the starting lineup from uh, Vivian's senior year. <laughs> That's, I mean, I, I'm perfectly content to go with that lineup. So you tell me, I got Morgan William, uh, Blair Schaefer, Rashonna Johnson, Victoria Vivians, and Tierra McAllen. Okay,
1: I got a okay. Fe- I got a feeling somebody's going to listen to this show, and there's going to be a player somewhere we forgot that we just Always. absolutely whiffed on.
0: We did. I did a. I did one of those things a while back. One of those like. You have so much money, and here's the players. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And I, it was for MSU basketball, and I left off Charles Rhodes, and I felt like an idiot. So yeah, I, yeah, I'm sure there's somebody. I don't know who it is, and you know, I'm thinking baseball. I'm like, there is just nobody standing out to me. That's like we just blew it. You know, like the first name I thought of for baseball, like in the lineup, maybe Nick Vickerson, but he's a shortstop, right? So he's not over Frazier. For sure. Well, he, he could play multiple spots. Okay, but, but he's not going to be over Pirtle. Parks. Yeah, yeah, I,
1: don't, I don't know.
0: If... You know, I don't know. So. Oh, well. That's part of the part of the debate. You guys feel free to debate. Don't debate us on Christmas Day, though. Spend it with your family. Come back and hit us up on the 26th. <laughs> I don't want to deal with y'all's anger on the 25th. All right. Hope you're having a Merry Christmas. And uh, we will talk to you again before the Music City Bowl to get you ready for Mississippi State versus Louisville. For Joel T. Coleman. Woo! I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk, Mississippi. Oh, come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Oh, come, ye.